welcome to this week's episode of Breaking Down Barriers, a podcast for entrepreneurship community practitioners. This podcast is a production of Startup Space, an entrepreneurship community building platform supporting entrepreneurs across the country. I'm Jackie Dietrich, and we created this podcast to highlight the stories of community leaders who are working every day to break down barriers to entry for underserved and underrepresented entrepreneurs. Today, I will be speaking with Darlisa Diltz, Managing Director and Entrepreneur Educator of the North Texas Entrepreneur Education and Training Center based in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area. Welcome, Darlisa. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me today. It's great to have you on the podcast. I first met you at Startup Champions Network in San Antonio, and you brought such high energy to the room. And I think a really important voice as someone who is leading not only a women-owned, but a Black women-owned entrepreneurship center, and that's um, truly unique to your ecosystem. So we're really excited to have you, and congrats on your recent recognition as a Startup Evangelist of the Year in your ecosystem. It's so cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it was um, such an honor. I appreciate uh, being recognized for that, so thank you. Will you start by telling us about your, your background and how and why you came to the field of entrepreneurship? Awesome. Okay. So uh, born and raised St. Louis, Missouri, um, went to high school, graduated top of my class. I did what they told us to do, you know, go to college, try to climb the corporate ladder, um, only to realize that my ladder was more like a step stool um, through lots of um, challenges and experience and hurdles through corporate America. I was kind of pushed into entrepreneurship. I've always enjoyed um, talking, of course, um, and training people and just kind of learning. And so that kind of awarded me a lot of opportunities to help people in different facets through uh, one exchange of one of my uh, college buddies. They asked me to help one of their um, friends that had been working on a project through a nonprofit. So I helped them with developing their strategic plan. That individual then um, paid me for it, and I wasn't sure what entrepreneurship was um, because, again, where when I grew up, it was go to school, get the degree, climb the corporate ladder, work for someone. So when they paid me, they started sending other people my way to pay me and, you know, have me work on these projects. And I had a, a good paying job. I worked in corporate America. You know, it was it was a mess, but hey, it paid the bills, I had benefits, and I wasn't anywhere close to thinking about entrepreneurship. Fast forward, um, after working in corporate America for 11 years, um, I, God blessed me with the opportunity to walk into consulting with um, my own business, and that was found through me teaching. When people started paying me to do things that I did anyway, um, I had to learn what entrepreneurship was, especially in my neighborhood, in my community, because that was not something that we saw. So I started doing all these free classes at the library, at the YMCA, you know, just like excited to tell people that, hey, guess what? You can be an entrepreneur. You pay 25 bucks. And guess what? You can have this, 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 and this, because that's how much it costs. Um, and that landed me an opportunity with the Small Business Development Center, and um, through my works with the Small Business Development Center, I was connected to so many different people. We wanted something different for our children. And over time, we decided to move to Texas because we thought that was the land of milk and honey. 
and um, we moved, came up with a plan to move to Texas. I continued to do work with the Small Business Development Center, but realized that there were still these gaps in entrepreneurship, um, more so from the educational standpoint of people like me that don't understand entrepreneurship or don't see entrepreneurship every day. And so um, I kind of took it as a personal challenge to put my money where my mouth was and created a center to help educate um, those people that just want to learn about entrepreneurship. They don't have money. They don't have a network. They don't have any of that, but they are really good at what they do. And so um, I started the North Texas Entrepreneur Training Center to kind of be a catalyst for some of those services like the SBDC, the WBCs, the scores to help people be able to successfully utilize those services. Um, and so from there, I got really acclimated to um, just wanting to build a system, if you will, to help support those entrepreneurs that fit into that underserviced, underserved category, um, making sure that for people that wanted to successfully be entrepreneurs, um, they had a starting point where it was, you know, no judgment, no, you know, they can come in and literally just ask questions and they would leave fulfilled for whatever state that they were in, whether it's they just wanted to know, they don't, you know, whatever the case may be. So that's how we, uh, I got my start. That's my that's my story in short. It sounds like you have uh, truly the heart of an educator. And I'm not sure if you're an entrepreneur turned educator or educator turned entrepreneur, but either way, it's a really um, interesting blend. Could you tell us more about your center and the work that you are doing? Tell us a little bit more about the types of programs that you offer and the types of entrepreneurs, You know, who's your core demographic for your programs? Absolutely. So when we first started out, um, we had this really robust program. It was a six month program, um, 12 weeks of education and 12 weeks of hands on entrepreneur experience. Because for us, it was like, please don't say you want to be an entrepreneur, but you're not willing to put in the work. Um, it's more than just lattes and networking meetings. Like you really have to get in the weeds and you have to get dirty to be a successful entrepreneurs or entrepreneur. So when we first started out, we did cohorts of no more than 15 people. And they went through this tract of um, education and hands-on entrepreneurship. So we put them in scenarios to where, you know, they had to attend things like 1 million cups, they had to do phone calls, they had to go and they had to talk with bankers, you know, and they had to have those uncomfortable situations, but they had a safety net. So that's kind of where we started. Um, then the pandemic hit. So we graduated two cohorts um, through that process. Then the pandemic hit. So when the pandemic hit, you know, it was kind of like, great. Um, now what? So um, we changed our model and it's a lot shorter. And then, of course, you know, supporting minority businesses became sexy. Like that was the end thing. Like people were just clamoring. And even now, you know, let's support minority businesses. Um, so we were able to partner with a lot of organizations at that time. And so what we do is we offer non-traditional entrepreneur education. 
Meaning it's not just go to your secretary of state, uh, register your business or get the EIN. We really talk about the heart of entrepreneurship, where you are right now in your journey, and then what your goals are to get you to the next level. So we talk about um, the we have eight week, four week, eight week, 12 week courses where we partner with local organizations and we teach entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs how to be successful from wherever they are in business. So we talk strategy, we talk finances, we talk everyday life. Um, you know, you're the only entrepreneur in your whole family. So how do you maintain that caliber of vision when everyone around you is like, go to work, get a job, what are you doing type thing. So it's really creating networks. The reason we chose the cohort model is because like for me, I don't, I didn't have a network of entrepreneurial people. So by being a part of these cohorts, you really kind of develop many families, right? A person that you can contact or call on or send an email when you're in the crux of it, when you want to give up, when you want to um, just kind of put it aside or you don't understand. Um, what we do is we form many networks um, to put you into a bigger network. So we've partnered with a lot of local entrepreneurs to be able to also offer services um, for those that come through our track, right? So if someone reaches out to us and they need marketing assistance, well, we're going to reach back into our pool of people that have come through our programs to recommend them as, um, you know, service people. We try to give people options, you know, three to five uh, recommendations, but for us, it's about keeping that ecosystem flowing. You know, every person or every business has to be at a different stage in that ecosystem. When you think about ecosystems from a scientific standpoint, everyone can't be a producer. Everyone can't be, you know, the consumer. Someone has to be at different levels. And so um, our programs are structured as such. Um, now what we have been very successful at doing is partnering with like local CDFIs or organizations that have gotten like grant funds to be able to provide them with some layer of funding after they have completed the coursework. So mandatory attendance, mandatory completion of coursework and proven, um, they have to prove that they have gained some type of increased knowledge through the program before they are able to get the funding that is offered through the organizations. Um, we also are working to create physical ecosystems, right? So more than just a co-working space, a place where if you think about a coffee shop and a business center mixed together, where you can come in and you can work. There's no private offices. There's no um, hierarchy of people. But it is just a community where if I am a, a beginner entrepreneur or maybe I'm a student and I'm interested, all the way up to a serial entrepreneur who has had multiple successful businesses, all in the same room and able to collaborate and connect all while still being educated from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Um, so that's what we aim to do. We are building 
ecosystems specific to underserved, underserviced, and minority communities, giving them access through education, resource sharing, and um, community engagement. And it sounds like you're building a network throughout the metro area so that you're really bringing services to to the entrepreneur where they need it most. Is that, what's your footprint look like? Oh, so um, we started our journey up in Northeast, um, the, what they call the mid-cities, um, because there was no offering in the mid-cities. So we started our journey there. And through the progression, we have made awesome partnerships. So uh, we have the location in uh, North Richland Hills, Texas. And then we also are finalizing two locations in the Southern Dallas sector, Um, So by, I would say, summer of 2022, we will have three locations for um, the center model. Uh, We'll have like the center North Texas. We'll have the center South Dallas. We'll have um, and just the center South. Um, And that is areas, again, where we are creating these ecosystems of um, physical locations where people can come. Going back to the point of origin, when you really started looking at the education and training centers, what were you seeing then as the barriers to entrepreneurship in the community? I mean, you talked about this idea of just knowing that that pathway even exists as being like, where's the on-ramp kind of in the model? But you've also mentioned funding specific to the Dallas-Fort Worth area in North Texas. You know, what, what do you see those barriers really as being that are maybe unique to your community, maybe not, but how will it be different because of the work that you're doing? Great question. Um, Prior to the pandemic, there was not a whole lot of support for underrepresented, underserved communities. There was a lot of talk of it. You know, let's just be honest. There was a lot of talk about it, um, but really when the rubber met the road, uh, there was not a whole lot of help assistance and our aid for those, you know, in those representative um, sectors. Um, You did have a lot of organizations that provided mentorship to a certain degree or um, like competitions or like business plan help and assistance, but there was not a lot of focused effort to get them over that hurdle. So it was like, we'll help you. But if you go to apply for funding, you're still turned down. Um, Once the pandemic happened, then it's like the floodgates open, right? So every organization now, they're doing cohort training. They're doing um, funding for entrepreneurs. They have grants. They have loans. They have, you know, it's just like the floodgates open, but still no education. Like taking, I don't know, a baby and just giving them all the food that they want, all the food that they want, you know, just letting them just like eat, eat, eat. And it's like, but that's not what was needed. Um, So I would say prior to the pandemic, it was very scarce. Once the pandemic happened, more organizations became aware. And of course, then when George Floyd happened, you know, all of that kind of um, opened up some more opportunities. So now, in the Metroplex, you do see um, there are still barriers, right? Um, 
still limited resources, um, but at least the pitch is pretty. <laughs> you know, there are, we want to bring you to the table and we want to invite you in. Oh, but sorry, you didn't qualify, you know. Um, and there have been minorities or underserved areas that have been impacted positively. Um, but in my own personal opinion, I feel like they opened the floodgates to provide funding still with minimal education. So how we are impacting change in that, it's like, yeah, we get it. Small businesses need funding. However, what are you going to do with that funding? Because we can give you all the funding you need, but if you don't know how to use it, you're going to be back in that same boat. So we're making business owners accountable um, from our organization. We want to help you. We want you to be successful. We want to get you to that place of scalability, but you have to be willing to put in that work to say, hey, I'm, I'm a struggling entrepreneur. I'm an aspiring entrepreneur. I don't know where to start. Let us help you get on that right path and then give you funding to help grow it. But you got to come to the table with some kind of skin in the game and knowledge. Um, and I think that's where we are most impactful. We're providing real world scenarios to real world people. Because I'm an everyday entrepreneur myself, you know, I have funding limitations. I have barriers that I myself as a black woman face on an everyday basis, especially in an industry that is not used to seeing black women operating. Most of them are um, nonprofits. I'm not a nonprofit. I'm a for profit, white male driven, of course. So that's the unique difference that we offer in our model. It's not just song and dance. Like you're going to roll up your sleeves and you're going to get dirty. But guess what? We're going to be right there with you getting dirty with you because we understand and we've kind of walked a couple of these different roads. So we know what you're hearing. We know what the discomforts are and we want to help get through, help them get through it and not just fish money at them to make it all go away. Yeah, it sounds like your orientation is around, it's not about just the startup, it's the stay up. It's the stay up. And, and you have businesses that start and are in it for the long haul that truly change the way that the, the face of the community and the small business community um, that's a part of it. So you've started the centers, how long was it before the, the pandemic? We started in 2018. And... Can you give examples now where you really feel um, it illustrates the kind of gains that you're able to make in the community? What does success look like for you in terms of entrepreneurship support? Um, so that's a really good question. So we have a lot of repeat customers. Um, we're not a one and done program. Um, every cohort that we've graduated, um, we're at a 98% completion. Um, so we don't have many people dropping out of our programs. Um, we don't have a lot of, we get really good uh, reviews. Uh, we do surveys at the end of all of our um, cohorts and whatnot. And they've all been positive. And I'm a real person. I'm like, hey, if it's bad, put it on the review because that helps us get better. Um, and a lot of our people stay connected to our network. So we have entrepreneurs that contact us 
say, hey, how can I volunteer? How can I be a part of what you're doing? So we've created this robust um, network, really, of just being able to say, hey, I know a guy. And that's, I would say, is attributed to how we represent ourselves in the community. You know, we don't come as a weird, we know it all. We don't come as a higher than. Um, we, we meet people where they are. Um, and so from a statistical standpoint, when we started in 2018, amidst the pandemic, 2020 alone, my organization serviced 398 small business inquiries just through inquiry only for one year. We've graduated 162 people from our programs since 2018. And the overall, we have serviced 821 entrepreneurs from 2018 up until now. And that's through Q&A, that's through events, that's through cohorts, you name it. So our numbers have beat some of the organizations that have been in operation for years. And again, I attribute that to one. Um, in the beginning, it was tough. It, it, it was tough in the beginning because um, the major players or the ones that were kind of already in the game, they didn't believe in what it was that we were doing. It's like, oh, they're just another company trying to you know, well, what makes you different from SCORE? What makes you different from the SBDC? And it's like, we want to be an asset to those companies. We want to help those companies. Um, so we've really, we've really had success. And I say it's because people come back. Um, people follow us. They stay connected. They keep attending different events. Um, and they want to be a part of what it is that we're doing. And in terms of, do you have one or two small businesses that have really thrived since being in your program that you want to share as examples? Oh, yeah, we have. Yeah, we have several. So we have um, Excel Employment Services. We have Your Nurse, uh, Your Healthcare Nurse Advocates. Um, we have Networking Nights. We have, oh, there's a gambit of it. We have Superior LLC, like the Havac companies. We have um, Hope Evolutions, which is a um, veteran service organization for um, employment. Like they help veterans find employees. Um, man, there's, there's really just a diverse, like across industries, across areas in, in the metro area. It's just really broad for you. It is. It is really awesome. And it sounds like you you bring the entrepreneurs into the fold, but you're also bringing a lot of the stakeholders in the community to the table as well. And you've been able, you mentioned creating these programs with CDFIs who can offer resources as well as, as service providers. Can you just maybe provide a little bit more color into what the work looks like to be able to bring those kind of service uh, providers and funders to the table to really get involved in your program like how how did how have you been successful doing that 
Oh, by the grace of God, first and foremost, um, I like to say that favor isn't fair, but when it's for you, it's for you. Um, we have been very blessed. Um, once people really understand and learn what it is that we're doing, um, they're driven by just kind of what we're doing. So they they want to help. I want to shout out Southern Dallas Progress, who has kind of been our right hand from day one. Um, the president of that organization came to our grand opening um, and he saw the vision and he literally has been a godsend for us. Um, so he has done a lot of connecting for us. Uh, we do a lot of networking. We do a lot of relationship building and then working with organizations like Startup Champions Network. Um, so I have expended myself so much and now I, I will be the first one to and be transparent to say in 2019, that was probably the worst year of my life. Um, just because I started my company in 2018, you know, I spent a lot of time just covering the ground, right? Trying to build relationships, trying to get uh, people on board with what we were doing and getting them, um, up to speed and I didn't really generate much revenue. Um, so it was a tough year for me. However, on the skirts of that 2020 came and now the work that we're doing became the end thing. So if we hadn't paved the way in 2019, meaning free community events, vendor opportunities, um, gap, you know, all this, stuff that didn't pay in revenue per se, it helped us to be able to attract the the funding and the lenders and the partners when it really counted for something. So I would say that is kind of what did it for me as a person. I went out and personally created relationships um, and not just expected people to um, buy into it. When you've been recognized, as we said at the top, that you're a startup evangelist of the year. I mean, clearly you've earned the reputation. What does that mean to you to be a startup evangelist in terms of being engaged in startup evangelism in your ecosystem? And what is really required of you as a community leader to be advocating for this cause? So, you know, it really, and my husband can attest to this, but when I received the award, I just felt like, I'm like, okay, now I really have to kick it in gear. Uh, when I received the award, I actually, it brought me to tears because this is something that I do every single day, right? Um, it's like, I want to, I wanted to put my money where my mouth was and I didn't, I don't want to be one of those people that just lure people in just for the sake of numbers, right? Um, I heard a... Uh, a message during a funeral one time and it was my uncle that actually did the eulogy and it, it was something impactful that he said he said we're giving a birth date and then we're giving a death date right and that's what you see on like an obituary but one thing he pointed out was the dash the, the thing in the middle and he said that is what really matters what happens in between time when you are born people are excited because you know it's a new birth when you pass on people are sad but that middle that dash that is going to be the legacy and it was like 
I need to I need to discover my legacy and I want people to know me for being someone that helps to know me for um, making a point to be an advocate for entrepreneurship. So I don't mind having the uncomfortable conversations anymore. I don't mind getting out there and standing up for, um, you know, an aspiring entrepreneur who's already struggling to say, hey, no, we, we need to get you here. We need to do this. And no, hey, back off. Like, don't try to, you know, use them, you know. Um, so I've been very adamant in a nice professional way, of course. Um, but I know that there are things that I've gone through as an entrepreneur that certain people, if they had to go through that in order to have a business, they wouldn't make it, you know, because. Yeah, they have they can make the meanest casserole and they can develop the the greatest widget. But when they start getting that adversity and people telling them no and you know and it's just based on something as simple as how they look, that's where I kind of step in. You know, it's like how can we raise you up? How can we find that person that's building websites out there? on the back end and does a great job at it, how can we boost you? How can we pump you up? How can we put you out there so people can see you, know you, and hear you? Um, and so when I, I, I had been doing the work, so it was great to actually finally get recognized for it. But then it was like, it gave me momentum and like an even bigger challenge. Like now that I've gotten the award, I cannot slack off. Like I have to make sure that it's intentional now that I'm doing it even more because that's what that's what it's all about. Like that is truly what it is all about. At the end of the day, when I go to sleep at night, I need to know that I've helped somebody. I need to know that okay, even if I can't change the world, my husband will tell me all the time, you can't change the world. I know I can't change the world, but maybe I could just put a speck right there to make someone say well what is that speck about i'm glad you asked here's what we need you know um so um that's kind of what that means to me Kelly, so what's next for you and what kind of support are you looking for now i think both in terms of a field that needs more black women leading programs for entrepreneurs but also just within your own ecosystem so what's next for me? Um, continuing to increase our programming and to work um, with organizations globally. Um, when the pandemic hit, it did take us from a local market to a global market, which has been huge. Um, we are at a period of growth and I love it. Um, so we're expanding. Um, I'm able to create multiple jobs now. You know, I'm able to give other people a chance. So focusing on getting the physical locations open, running and flowing, and then repeating those models in different states. Um, I'd like to be probably in maybe five to 10 locations in the next five years. Um, just kind of repeating those models, getting those ecosystems built and creating relationships uh, from a global standpoint. Um, what I need in terms of like support or what I'm looking for is um, co people continuing to believe in our model um, and continuing to take our sessions, 
um, get connected if they offer a product and or service that could be beneficial for a startup entrepreneur. Not something that is going to, you know, cause them to um, not have dinner, you know, for a week. Um, but understanding the the audience that we service and providing services that they can um, utilize. So partnerships are always favorable for us. The more we can cast our net and develop relationships, that's what um, that's where I can use help and support and being able to refer out um, and just expanding our network. Well, congratulations on all the growth that you've experienced in such a short amount of time and during a global pandemic. I think everything, when we first met, everything shut down like the next day. Um, And still you've accomplished just incredible um, traction and impact your community in such a short amount of time. So how can our listeners follow you to learn more about your work? Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you so much again for the opportunity to be um a guest today so i am everywhere um you can look me up darlisa dilts that's d-i-l-t-z not s um so you can look me up um i'm on every social platform or feel free to visit www.nteetc.com that's the website to our um education platform, or you can look up the Center North Texas, and that is our um, flexible workspace community. We will be sure to include those links in the show notes. Thank you so much, Darlisa, for sharing your passion and your insights with our listeners. We're just so glad that you are here today. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. You guys have a great, great, great rest of your day. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Breaking Down Barriers, a podcast for entrepreneurship community practitioners hosted by David Palmraj. Special thanks to Darlisa Diltz for joining us. Show notes by creative director Jackie Dietrich. Edited and produced by Lauren Bernard. If you'd like to suggest interviewees, new topics, or just want to reach out, please email us at podcast at startupspace.app. All Breaking Down Barriers episodes are available on our website or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Feel free to rate, review, and subscribe for all the latest updates.